coming up. An eerie novel from the author, I'm Ready to Crown, The New Queen of Intelligent Horror. A new book from one of my favorite children's authors. Plus, our distraction of the week. I'm Mel. I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time. I'm working on being a completist with Sylvia Morena Garcia. She's a Mexican-Canadian author who writes horror-tinged thrillers that transport you to different times and places in Mexico. She's also very good at taking iconic genre tropes, wrapping them in a big hug, and then twisting them into something surprising and fresh. And the cherry on top of the sundae, she creates complex heroines that feel like real strong women. That all sounds great. I haven't read any of her stuff. I feel like you would really like her books. You remember when I read Gods of Jade and Shadow? Yes. And I ugly cried (laughs) at the end? (laughs) Yeah. That one is a romantic adventure set in 1920s Mexico and plays with Mayan mythology. She has a take on vampire story, Certain Dark Things. That one is set in modern Mexico City, and that plays out like a crime procedural. She also played around with the expectations of a manor house ghost story in her novel Mexican Gothic. That was a huge book a couple years ago. It's got all the gothic tropes you'd expect, but what's haunting the estate is way more imaginative than a ghost. That's all you're going to tell me, isn't it? Yeah, you have to read it. (laughs) Her new book, Silver Nitrate, is set in Mexico City in 1993. This time, she's turned her creativity toward the campy horror movie industry. At the heart of the story are two compelling characters. There's Montserrat, She's a talented audio engineer who's described as a tiny, ferocious elf. Hmm. She's not really an elf. She's just tiny. Yeah. And her best friend, Tristan, a devastatingly handsome soap opera actor with a tragic past. That sounds fun. When Tristan moves into a new apartment, he learns his neighbor is a revered movie director from Mexico's golden age of cinema. Soon, the three of them are drinking wine and swapping stories And one of the director's tales is a doozy. He believes his final film, an unfinished movie called Beyond the Yellow Door, was cursed. And he convinces Montserrat and Tristan to help him reverse the curse. Supernatural hijinks ensue. This story has everything you could want in an eerie summer read. Flirting, terrible Nazis, occultism and mysticism, Mayan and Aztec mythology, and a reverence for storytelling. She seamlessly blends real movie-making stories and techniques with fictional filmographies and lots of details about occultism. So the line between story and facts gets really entertainingly blurry. I'm about a third of the way through it, and I'm hooked. That's Silver Nitrate by Sylvia Morena Garcia, and it's out now. John Klassen is a children's author and illustrator. He's most famous for his trilogy of books called The Hat Trilogy. The first story in that series is I Want My Hat Back. Which is a fantastic book. It is. Especially if someone else reads it to you. Yeah. That's about a bear looking for a hat. The bear finds a rabbit wearing it and things do not end well for the (laughs) rabbit. The Hat Trilogy books are all very cleverly about desire and revenge and greed. His books are enjoyable for their intended market of two to six-year-olds, but they're fun for adults, too. He won the American Caldecott Medal and the British Kate Greenaway Medal for the second book in that series. Clausen has a new book out. It's called The Skull, 
a Tyrolean folktale. I just found out that Tyrol is a state in Austria. It's in the mountains. Yeah, it's where Innsbruck is. It appears I'm behind on that information. (laughs) The marketing copy for this book is exactly what I want it to be. I'm just going to read it to you. It says, in a big abandoned house on a barren hill lives a skull. A brave girl named Attila has escaped from terrible danger and run away. And when she finds herself lost in the dark forest, the lonely house beckons. Her host, the skull, is afraid of something too, something that comes every night. Can brave Otilla save them both? Steeped in shadows and threaded with subtle wit, with rich monochromatic artwork and an illuminating author's note, the skull is as empowering as it is mysterious and foreboding. I look forward to you reading me this book soon. (laughs) It just came out this week. It's The Skull, a Tyrolean Folktale by John Klassen. And now our distraction of the week. This distraction of the week was sent in by Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. If you have a distraction of the week or anything else you want to tell us, drop us a line. So throughout the history of exploration, there have been many islands that were once believed to exist and appeared on maps even. But then somebody went there or we used a satellite and... No island. These are called Phantom Islands. We have Phantom Islands for lots of reasons. Some are just myths. There was rumored to be an Isle of Demons near Newfoundland, perhaps started by local folklore. It's a good way to keep people away. You know, I I read something like that, and I think long ago someone was a good enough storyteller that people were like, yeah, there's probably an island of demons out there. (laughs) We should write that down. So props to the long-forgotten poet. Ancient Romans had maps with the island Thule, which was believed to be the northernmost point in the world. In classic literature, their phrase Ultima Thule was a metaphor for any distant place beyond the borders of the known world. Other phantom islands might have come about because of mapping errors. So a navigator mistakes a peninsula for an island or he finds an island when he thinks he's somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Other phantom islands might be something like an iceberg or a fog bank, a mirage, or a sandbank that's no longer there. And then other phantom islands are just straight-up fiction. <laughs> a cartographer might include one to try to catch people who are copying his work. Oh, clever. Yep. A captain might make up an island to please a funder. Or there's the story of an island created by a Venetian to spread the glory of his family and Venice. (laughs) Let me tell you about the time my grandfather stepped on the shores of a distant island and was warmly greeted by the natives in Latin. That kind of thing. So when we find out that an island is a phantom island, it is said to be undiscovered, which I find lovely. Andrew Peckler is a musician who spent some time with phantom islands. Together with a web developer and a cultural anthropologist, he put together an art project featuring the islands. He calls it a sonic atlas. The art project is a website. You go to a website and you're presented with a map of the world with callouts for different phantom islands. And you get two things with each island as you click around on the map. First, you get a short story about the phantom island. And second, you get an audioscape that Peckler designed. You are listening right now to the sounds of Sandy Island an island undiscovered off the shores of Australia. There are dozens of other islands to unexplore, and we'll put that link in the notes. 
Beckler also did a full-length album of tracks based on his Phantom Island work. We'll point to that. And if you enjoy his work, he dropped a new album today. I have yet to have an opportunity to listen to it, but I'm very curious. Visit strongsenseofplace.com slash library for more details about the books we discussed and all the links you need to explore some Phantom Islands. Thanks for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself. Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.